There's a reason why in Florida, professional wrestling was deemed an essential business. Because it kicks ass. This is Heel Turns and Headlocks. And this is Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Heel Turns and Headlocks podcast. I am your co-host, Brian LaPrey, and with me as always, a man who, he might as well be Dusty Rose because he's the American dream, Bear DeGiulio. I would, one day I'm going to introduce you on the pod and say something cool about you, but I got nothing cool like that. I appreciate that. Thank you. In fairness, there is nothing cool to say about me. So You are the coolest thing about this podcast. <laughs> Oh, you're too kind. And you're the only one that, you know, handles the social media as well as you do. So we applaud you. Thank you. You're too kind. Well, speaking of cool, we're talking about Carlito. Just kidding. Uh, A whole ass episode on Carlito Caribbean Cool. The goat who once had someone stab John Cena. Memories. That that happened. It did. And uh, transitioning from John Cena, we're looking at... uh, bit of rare air that John Cena is quite accustomed to living in, and that is the realm of the world champions. And we personally have really enjoyed seeing Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre become world champions within the past few months. They've both recently, in the past few days, eclipsed 100 days as champions, with Braun obviously being the universal champion and Drew McIntyre being the WWE champion. Really kind of you know, seemingly ushering in a new era. You know, maybe it was a little bit too late in some regards, or not too late, but, you know, it should have happened sooner. But regardless, we're here and it's happening. So, here we are, and we kind of got to thinking, wouldn't it be cool if some other wrestlers got to do what Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre got to do, and that's become first-time world champions in the WWE? And because of that, we did what we always do, and that's compile a list. And Bear, that's a pretty good-looking list we got there. It is a good-looking list. And to preface this list, we must say that it was actually very hard to comprise this list because there's so many people on the roster where you can make a claim for, right? Yeah. And look, we're going to do a lot of podcasts dedicated to lists on topics similar to this, but... What we did here is we compiled a list of guys that we feel should get a chance at becoming first-time champions, right? Yeah. yeah. We actually – this it's funny. The, the amount of preparation that went into this episode was a little more than usual because we were kind of like flip-flopping on how we're going to do it, what we're going to do exactly, and I'm I'm excited to do this list with you. Absolutely. Look, there's – there are inevitably going to be people that we leave off this list. And, yeah. you know, we wrote them down. We just had to kind of tighten it up and prioritize in some ways. So, you know, shout out to some guys like Andrade and Buddy Murphy, Ricochet, uh, Elias. I know, your boy. I know. We're going to 
get to them in a different kind of episode. Uh, yeah. For this one, though, we wanted to look at it in a little bit different of a lens, maybe kind of prioritize the people whose timelines don't permit as much patience uh, or who have done so much already that it's hard to leave them off. And I guess the easiest way to acknowledge this, maybe to start with the honorable mentions. That's I know good. that's a little backwards from what we do well we'll start with one honorable mention and leave the second one for the end the first honorable mention would be adam cole now baby baby adam cole was i mean when you hear world champion he pops into your head right he's obscenely talented you know we've spoken about him many times before longest reigning pwg champion only three-time ring of honor world champion ever in one of the really one of the greatest companies of the past 20 years, maybe one of the greatest wrestling companies in American wrestling history. When you look at the type of talent they've produced and obviously the longest reigning NXT champion of all time, second NXT triple crown champion only behind Johnny Gargano, who Adam Cole conveniently beat to win the NXT championship. You know, you're talking about a guy who, if he retired today would have a legacy amongst I mean, what do you even call us, right? Are we Marks at this point? Are we still calling ourselves that? Whatever. Amongst people who follow wrestling outside of the Raw and SmackDown bubble, and I don't mean that if you're in that bubble, that's a bad thing, but people who watch beyond Raw and SmackDown, Adam Cole is basically a legend of wrestling beyond Raw and SmackDown. What he's done on the independent scene, what he's done in NXT, incredible. I think our thought process, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, is just... We all can kind of sense that he's moving to Raw or SmackDown soon, probably Undisputed Era as a whole. But even if it's just Adam Cole, I think both of us are fairly confident that he will be a world champion. Out of all the NXT transitions, Adam Cole is probably the best suited to be a Vince McMahon guy, whatever that means. And really, you know, he's only 31 years old. So sky's the limit. That So that's why he's an honorable mention instead of on the list. Would you say that's fair? Of course. And... Like, you know, you said it already, his resume already in NXT alone, alone, not even counting Ring of Honor, not counting PWG, like the first ever North American champion. He won the tag team championship, the NXT tag team championship, excuse me, with Undisputed Era. He won the Dusty Rhodes tag team classic with Kyle O'Reilly in 2018. Like this man's done it all already in NXT. Yeah. A lot of people call Johnny Gargano and Mr. NXT, but you can definitely make the claim that it's Adam Cole's show. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see just how he fares on the main roster. Um, or excuse me on the, on raw or SmackDown, I believe NXT is a main roster show. Yeah. There's already a built in story. If you debut him on raw, because if you guys remember Adam Cole debuted with undisputed era, taking out drew McIntyre, who by the way is your WWE champion. You want to put Adam Cole on SmackDown? Look, the size difference between he and Braun is kind of astronomical. But if you really want to tap into like a a past for you know Bullet Club in particular, and Adam Cole versus AJ Styles feud would be money. Yep. Anywhere, anywhere you put Adam Cole, he's he's gonna he's gonna perform. He's gonna execute. He's gonna he's gonna do well anywhere you put him because that's I mean. That's what he undisputed. does. That's undisputed. Ooh, there you go. I mean, look, he can talk, he can wrestle, he can tell stories. He's a Vince McMahon kind of guy. 
I'm on record as saying, to me, he's like a cross between Shawn Michaels and Triple H. I think that's a great compliment, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, the thing about Adam Cole, above all else, is don't forget, the dude beat Daniel Bryan. Yep. And then had Seth Rollins pretty much beaten a few days later. Vince McMahon probably wouldn't sign off on both of his world champions getting their asses handed to them without some kind of reason behind it, right? You know, like, regardless, not the point. Point is, Adam Cole, honorable mention. And now we move on to the actual people on the list. And we're going to go alphabetical, as we normally do. And we're going to start with a guy who has some NXT history himself. That is Alistair Black. Since being called up to the main roster or being moved from NXT to SmackDown, then Raw, I believe it was, mm-hmm. he hasn't had quite the career as everybody had foreseen. In NXT, he was he was on, he was at the top, you know, another fellow Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic winner with Ricochet. Uh, he had that awesome feud with Velveteen Dream. He was a former NXT champion. The dude's the dude was also a big staple in NXT, right? Yeah. And then he kind of almost gets lost in the shuffle, right? He comes up to SmackDown. He has that those weird videos where you know he's waiting for someone to knock on his door. Yeah. I thought that was odd. Whatever. Stuff happens, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm sorry. He actually debuted on Raw and he defeated your boy Elias, but you know. How dare you? I'm sorry. So again, he's been kind of all over the place. He and Ricochet had that mm-hmm. tag team, and it was kind of randomly broken up right we actually discussed alistair black in depth a little more in the episode where we talked about who should have ended the undertaker streak Mm -hmm. this is a guy that's got a like he's got a great look and he's not i'm not gonna say he's awful at cutting pro he's actually pretty good at cutting promos but he's to me he's he's more of a silent assassin type where you kind of just want to see him kick some ass right (laughs) and I would, you know, those matches between he and uh, not your buddy, Buddy Murphy, were incredible. Yeah. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. I think for sure he's going to eventually become a WWE champion. Yeah. And look, Alistair Black is kind of in the Finn Balor role right now. Since 2019, he has had 131 matches. Thank you, Cage Match. Uh, Ooh, nice and stat. He's won- Thank you. Even better stat, he's won 85.5% of those matches. That is an absurd win rate. He is dominating shit, right? I mean, since 2017, he's won at least 86% of his matches every year. That's crazy. Except for this year, where he's at 82.5. What a steep fall. He wins a lot more than he loses, right? That's that's still very high. Holy crap. Yeah, incredible. And, by the way, he's not necessarily doing nothing. That's not what we're suggesting, right? Right, right. He, He... I mean, it wasn't very long ago at Elimination Chamber where he beat AJ Styles in a 20-plus minute match that had The Undertaker as a part of it. You know, he won a match at WrestleMania against Bobby Lashley. There may not have been a buildup, but he still won the match. You know, he he beat Apollo Crews in a near half-hour match on Raw. Apollo Crews, obviously, now the United States champion. And, of course, a few weeks ago, he beat Seth Rollins. In another long, lengthy, really good match. You know, he he's winning matches just like Finn Balor was w- winning matches. It's just, it's not leading to anything. It, it's just 
line them up, knock them down. And by all means, it's always entertaining to see Alistair Black in the ring. Yeah. But he's such he's such a capable everything, right? He can cut a promo. He's clearly very much focused on his character work. And quite frankly, he's had some incredible matches. As Bear said, the Buddy Murphy feud, the feud with Cesaro gave us two outstanding matches. You know, again, he beat he beat AJ Styles. He was in the ring with The Undertaker. Like it, He's had moments where it's like, wow, yeah. You know, and they've kind of kept him relevant. The question is going to be, can they... Can they do something with it before it's too late? You know, like Finn Balor, when he won the Intercontinental Championship, it was perfect on him, right? He's perfect for the Intercontinental Championship. Finn Balor, Intercontinental Champion, it seems right. It's just, it happened after so much time had passed since he won the Universal title that it was kind of almost like too little too late. Now he has to reinvent himself when he'd already invented himself into something that people liked. And I think that is the concern with Aleister Black However, the fact that he's winning over 80% of his matches comfortably, the fact that you look back at his NXT career, the match with Adam Cole was a classic. I think his feud with Velveteen Dream is arguably the best feud in NXT. Well, I, I won't go that far, but one of the best feuds in NXT history, my personal favorite match in NXT TakeOver history. It's incredible, and Aleister Black has everything the look the mic skills the character work the wrestling ability it's all there it's just when will they put it together i think bear and i both are pretty confident that he's one of those guys who will not be lost because the great thing about alistair black being so committed to the character is when it does come time for him to go for that world title we're all gonna believe it yeah it's gonna happen it is and you know, when, we don't know, but we are confident that that man will be at least a one-time world champion during his WWE career, just like the man who he beat at WrestleMania will ultimately finally become world champion, and that's Bobby Lashley. Smooth criminal with a smooth transition. You'll love to fucking see it. Thank you, sir. And look, we're not discrediting Bobby Lashley's four world title reigns in TNA slash Impact Wrestling. We are kind of discrediting his ECW World Championship reigns. Not because of him, but, you know. How dare you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But in saying that, Bobby Lashley has obviously done a lot in his career when he was in college. He was a collegiate national champion under the NAIA banner. Uh, You know, he's wrestled at WrestleMania on multiple occasions. The PWI Rookie of the Year in 2005. He was ranked as one of the top 10 wrestlers in the world in 2007. And he has been, you know, a two-time Intercontinental Champion, uh, former United States Champion, and who knows, maybe this current story with MVP and Apollo Crews will ultimately lead to Bobby Lashley going after Apollo Crews. Who knows? Regardless, Bobby Lashley, who, happy birthday, he turned 44 today, uh, maybe, you know, maybe he finally gets the chance that we all know he deserves, right? Maybe... He finally gets the world title reign. I know that this is a little hesitant, but I'm going to say yes, he does. I I think that Lashley has 
he's kind of just been the perfect company guy, right? You know, he went through this whole Lana and Rusev shit, and yes, it was shit. Um, entertaining shit, I will admit, but still shit. Uh, you know, he's... He's legitimate, you know, 15 and 2 record in mixed martial arts. He did fight in Bellator, which no, it's not UFC, but hey, it's not, you know, it's not easy to win a fight, right? No. A lot of people have been knocked out listening to this podcast, and it's not a fun feeling. But point is, Bobby Lashley is a legitimate athlete. He's a legitimate wrestler. Uh, he has, I mean, he looks like a million bucks, and. I really think that this pairing with MVP, I was kind of skeptical at first. I was never the biggest MVP fan uh, back in the mid-2000s because he was feuding with my favorite wrestler at that time, he who shall not be named. And it's kind of taken a turn for the best, right? It's kind of gotten to the point now where MVP has given Bobby Lashley that mouthpiece that we know he kind of needs and hasn't had since Leo Rush disappeared from Raw. I loved that pairing between he and Leo Rush. Me too. It was one of those things where it's like, I I I didn't expect it to work. I didn't expect MVP and Lashley to work, but it's work. You know, for me, it's working. I actually legitimately thought Bobby Lashley was going to beat Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't happen. Drew is still champion, but you know, look, you look down the roster, and there's not a there. You could make a claim that Bobby Lashley is one. He's, you know, we talked about this with with Brian Cage over in AEW on a previous episode. Bobby Lashley looks like a million bucks. This guy is just jacked beyond belief. Like, you can easily, easily, easily see him become WWE champion. And I think it's going to happen. Again, I think it's going to happen one day, hence why we're talking about him, right? Yeah. But between this pairing with MVP and. I think there's so much potential there. And if it means a potential United States championship run, maybe he beats Apollo Crews for it after MVP, you know, there are a lot of moving factors in that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Probably actually, you know, again, like you mentioned, company guy, right? Mm-hmm. He really had to go through some shit. And I'm, I'm very thankful that that whole storyline with, I mean, look, maybe people liked it. I personally didn't because, <laughs> I'm a big Rusev guy, and for Rusev to sit there and watch his legitimate real-life wife just make out with a huge just specimen of a man in Bobby Lashley, like, kind of fucked, right? I digress. Bobby Lashley's been through some shit. You know, again, we're not discrediting what he did in TNA. Um, But I'm very excited for Bobby Lashley's future. I think he's finally coming into his own. I thought he was coming into his own with Leo Rush as his mouthpiece and, you know, with Leo Rush no longer under contract or anything like that. It's fun to watch everything unfold with MVP. Absolutely. And look, the the beauty of Bobby Lashley, I know that some people say, oh, his character is bland, this and that. He was legitimately over when he first came back as a face and he was legitimately over when he was first around as a face. It's not that he can't be a face. It's just. Having someone who can talk for him and hype him up would be nice, you know, and now they have it again. Uh, Look, I I know that we're not giving you the most convincing case for Bobby Lashley. I do apologize for that. But we do genuinely believe that he will be, if not WWE champion, universal champion, because, look, he has the look. We all know it. He can wrestle. We all know it. I think more than anything, though, is just this 
And, and I guess what the point of this pot, this episode is, is, you know, Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman getting the golden opportunity to be the top stars in the company during this pandemic kind of opens the door for other people who haven't really gotten that chance yet to do the same. And Bobby Lashley, I mean, you have to think, right, when he came back, he came back for a reason. And I still have faith that despite this roller coaster ride of his WWE career thus far, he will be a world champion one day. And I hope that it is the WWE championship to also show, you know, they're not afraid to have black champions. I mean, you know, I was super happy when Kofi Kingston won it because that story was so well done. Yeah. And it was about fucking time, right? Yeah. So it, it it's it's almost the same, you know, it's not the same because Kofi Kingston was just, is just universally loved, right? Bobby Lashley not so much. <laughs> but again, you want that representation at the top and there's a you have a guy on your roster here who by the way is not getting any younger, you know, today as Brian mentioned, he turns 44. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, freak athlete, if he wants to do this another 10 years, he probably can because of how like in shape he is and, you know, his in-ring conditioning looks phenomenal. Time's ticking on Bobby Lashley, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. And look, despite that, we believe that he will be a world champion. I mean, his resume already, Intercontinental Champion twice over, United States Champion. Obviously, he had a great career in TNA legitimate wrestler, an athlete, military background, et cetera, et cetera. Bobby Lashley has been a guy who most people believed in since his first run. And look, if Braun Strowman is proof of anything, it's that all it takes is perfect timing. And I do believe that that timing will eventually come for Bobby Lashley. Just as that timing was terrible for the next person on our list. (laughs) Yes, we're cheating, but we have a pretty good reason to. Finn Balor. I know. We know. He is the first ever WWE Universal Champion. Right? He also held it for a day and then had to give it up because he had a legitimate shoulder injury. Yep. Yes, he's an NXT champion. That was also before NXT was on a major network and was considered an equal brand. So, despite that incredible not only incredible win of the title when he beat spoiler alert five years later when he beat kevin owens in japan (laughs) until adam cole the longest reign in nxt history so he obviously has not only the ability to win the title which he proved in nxt and on the main roster quote-unquote But he has the ability to hold the title and do interesting things with the title and have compelling matches and feuds with the title. For those of you who are unfamiliar, when he was in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Finn Balor, then known as Prince Devitt, three-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, six-time Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion, some incredible rivalries and feuds along the way. And most importantly, he is the guy who created Bullet Club. You know, the thing that everybody became obsessed with and made so much money for so many people that they were able to make their own promotion because of it. There's no AEW without Bullet Club. That's just a fact. Absolutely. And there's no Bullet Club without Finn Balor. And as I say in the EFED world, where are my royalties? Anyways, point is, Finn Balor is... I don't think it's a stretch of the word to call him a legend. Because he has... 
so significantly influenced the changing of the guard in wrestling, right? I mean, he was one of the original, and I don't mean people who went there and got the title because they were so popular already, but he was one of the original Gaijin stars in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He not only founded Bullet Club, which opened the door for guys like AJ and Kenny to do what they did, he opened the door for AJ and Kenny to do what they did as one of the few non-Japanese wrestlers on the roster who was actually taken seriously as a contending level threat at that time. Now it seems a little commonplace. Back then it wasn't so much. And Finn Balor, he's broken down a lot of barriers. He was, I mean, really, he was one of the founding fathers of NXT as well. You know, I, I know that NXT had been around a little bit, but he really was instrumental in helping NXT grow from just the developmental territory into something that was selling out arenas and you know and i'm not again i know that takeovers were big before but you know they they weren't as big i mean people like don't forget takeover brooklyn was really like the turning point for nxt i think that's fair to say yeah you know that was that was a huge event that really changed the tune of how People viewed NXT and they viewed it as a legitimate third brand even before it was officially labeled that. And yes, Bailey and Sasha absolutely stole the show. Don't forget, Finn Balor and Kevin Owens had an incredible ladder match too. And that happened to be the main event. That's significant. You know, he didn't just win the Universal title, he beat Roman Reigns clean. He beat Seth Rollins clean to win the world title. You know, he, he, Finn Balor has had an incredible. WWE career and then it just stopped. And the injury really derailed what was going to be a really cool push for him, you know. And again, are we cheating here with the Universal Champ? You know, he's a former Universal Champion, technically, but not really, because again, he had to give it up less than 24 hours later due to injury, you know. Yeah. That damn unsafe Seth Rollins. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, shout out Bret Hart. He would say whatever. My point is Finn's resume is already Hall of Fame worthy, right? Yeah. Disregarding anything he's done in Japan. And, you know, if we're sticking strictly to the WWE universe bubble, the dude's already a Hall of Famer. It There's so much potential here between as Finn Balor or the demon or whatever he wants to do with it. Like you can put him in you can he's a, he's one of those guys he's he, to me he's like AJ Styles where like you can slot him anywhere on the card and he's going to he's going to perform he's going to do well i really liked his reigns as intercontinental champion yeah. i thought there was so much potential there unfortunately you know he had that feud with the fiend and he was gone for what like 2 months before he just, he he reappeared in NXT and it was it was one of those things where it's like I liked it for NXT at the time, and I know NXT wanted to put a, put more star power on the show with AEW also becoming on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's it's obviously going to be a little hard for him to become world champion on NXT unless he feuds with Keith Lee, which I'm sure no one would be opposed to a feud like that. No. But like Finn's one of those guys where, again, you can slot him anywhere on the card Top to bottom, he's going to perform. He's going to do it well. I believe that he's not finished completely on Raw or SmackDown. I think eventually, you know, another, you know, we're going to shout out Efeds again. But the Efedder in me is sitting here like, man, I wish like 
NXT Raw and SmackDown would do trades. Trade Finn to Raw for fucking future. They 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 kind of do that, but they don't like. Like Dolph Ziggler got traded to Raw, and hence why he's got a WWE Championship match, right? I know he really earned that match. It was his first night on Raw, and he just got a shot. My point is, I would really like to see Finn move to Raw or SmackDown to get another opportunity at one of the major titles. Not saying the NXT title is not a major title. But there's so much like unfinished business for Finn Balor on Raw and SmackDown. And I honestly actually feel like that's a pretty good transition to our next guy, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Because they won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. We just have a bunch of Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic winners on this list, right? We do. Finn Balor won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic with our next man. That's 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 him, right? Because we're doing alphabetical? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, buddy. Take it away. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. This guy has been churning out legitimate classics for what, like 18 years? Which is crazy to say because that's a long time. I mean, he and CM Punk had a trilogy of matches in Ring of Honor that put the company on the damn map. He and Kenta Kobashi had... If you haven't watched that match... Go on YouTube. It's on there free. It's on the Ring of Honor channel under Joe's Best Matches. One of the best matches you'll ever watch. You know, Joe and Daniel, or excuse me, Brian Danielson, Chris Hero, etc. Incredible. And then he went to TNA and he did it all over again. He, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels had an incredible feud. Also, in my opinion, the best triple threat match of all time. Uh, He and Kurt Angle had a classic feud. Really, it's just been a matter of everywhere Samoa Joe has been, he's not only been dominant, but he's been successful. And he has been successful in WWE. I think that's fair to say. You know, one of the two men in NXT history, also the first man in NXT history, to be multiple or multi-time NXT champions, right? He and Shinsuke Nakamura are the only two who have ever done that. They had an incredible rivalry, by the way, if you haven't watched that, as did Joe and Finn Balor. Uh, And then he goes to the main roster. He hasn't done maybe as much as people wanted him to, but he is a two-time United States champion. We got to see him feud with Rey Mysterio. We got to see him feud with AJ, which was cool. Uh, You know, we've seen... Oh, Wendy. We've seen a lot of Samoa Joe. Uh... Unfortunately, we haven't seen what we believe we should be seeing from Samoa Joe. However, that does not change our stance here, and that is one day Samoa Joe will break through, and he will become the WWE or Universal Champion. I know that Joe's on commentary, and I know that that's maybe leading people to go, well, his in-ring career is over. People have compared it to Taz. By the way, Samoa Joe's career vastly outshines Taz's, and I am a Taz fan, but that is so clearly true. So that alone makes it not a fair comparison. Number two, I don't really think it's over. Don't forget that, yes, Joe's on commentary. Joe's also hurt, and it doesn't really make sense for him to rush back from an injury in the middle of a pandemic when he has value to the team on commentary. And I know everybody wants to sit here and go, well, why is he there? 
Why is he there? Have you noticed maybe that 70-year-old Jerry Lawler is not there during coronavirus? And maybe it has something to do with the elevated medical risk that he would face by being there? That's my stance on it. At least that's my optimistic stance on it. It's a good point. Joe, meanwhile, he's had multiple shots at the WWE Championship. Obviously, he challenged Kofi Kingston. He challenged AJ a handful of times. Uh, He also had what I really think is an incredibly underrated match against Brock Lesnar. Uh, Oh, yeah. Great balls of fire, brother. Great balls of fire. That match was awesome. And it was really, uh, you know, I know Goldberg and Brock did their thing. And I personally thought it was awesome. But it was the first time we saw someone other than Goldberg, really, just hand Brock his ass. And then the next night on Raw, when he just put Brock in his place on the mic and showed no fear, it was like, I thought that was the moment where Samoa Joe was like, okay, cool, solidified main eventer. Unfortunately, he's had some injuries along the way. Age has caught up to him in a lot of regards. Usually, I won't say in quality in the ring, but just in terms of durability. He's 41 years old now, so maybe not. However... I implore you to not overlook the fact that Vince McMahon has proven time after time to appreciate people who are willing to go out and do anything it takes to help. And Samoa Joe has gone on to commentary and absolutely killed it when he could have easily pouted and gone, this isn't what I want to do. I think... Vince will pay it forward. I do think that a world title reign is coming for Joe. I think, really... You can count on one hand, forget about better, you can count on one hand the number of wrestlers in professional wrestling today who can cut a better promo or as good of a promo as Samoa Joe. I mean, the guy's money on the mic, I mean, goes without saying how good he is in the ring. I really think that Joe's time is coming. It's just a matter of when rather than if. And if he can stay healthy, I'm putting my faith in that. I do think that Vince McMahon will pay it back and pay it forward because, again, Jerry Lawler is 70 years old. The elderly are at heightened risk of coronavirus. I think that is why we're seeing Joe on commentary. And Vince is very much about, you know, the tit for tat kind of thing. Sometimes it's like 100 tits for one tat. Giggity. Uh, Sorry, we're a PG podcast. No no, we're not. Um, but I do think that Joe's time is coming. It's just a matter of when rather than if, despite all of the, I don't want to say pessimism, but the skepticism that surrounds him. In a perfect world, Samoa Joe already has a title, a WWE championship under his belt, right? Yeah. I thought you could have easily, easily justifiably had him defeat Brock Lesnar for the championship when they did face off in that, like Brian mentioned, incredible match, right? Yeah. And again, Vince McMahon does sometimes, not always, pays it forward. You know, he did give Kofi that chance, right? Like, that did happen. I feel, again, Joe has had a couple chances at the WWE Championship, you know, losing to Kofi. He also lost in that um, triple threat match against Kofi and Dolph Ziggler. He hasn't done much yet in WWE. You know, his resume his resume in TNA is just, you know, he's done legitimately everything you can do in, in TNA, right? And as everybody knows, we love TNA on this podcast. And in WWE, two-time NXT champion, you know, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic winner. He won the United States Championship twice. Again, this dude's got so much potential. And 
I think, again, I think it's going to happen, which I think for our next and final spot before we do one more honorable mention after this man, right? Yeah. Um, the smooth transition here would be um, another guy that it probably should have happened already. Yeah. And a guy that we both believe it can still happen. It's just, it's going to take a little, not, it, I guess it'll take a little time to re not reintroduce him to the main event scene. Like the next man we name is already a two-time NXT champion, just like Samoa Joe. He's a former intercontinental champion. He's a former two-time United States champion. And he won the Royal Rumble just two years ago. That man is Shinsuke Nakamura, who may have the best theme song in WWE. Look, I'm actually right. (laughs) I don't think so. I think it's very relevant. Uh, I'm actually of the belief that it's... I don't want to say easy, because that obviously is selling difficulty of getting someone over short. But I do actually believe that the transition of Shinsuke Nakamura from where he is now to world champion is not as difficult as it seems. Look, as Bear said, the with Samoa Joe, the only other NXT champion who has won the title twice. He's also a former Intercontinental champion, held that title for over 200 days. He's also a former United States champion, held that title for over 200 days, or excuse me, close to 200 days. I know that the reigns haven't been everything that everyone wanted them to be, but this is kind of what we've been saying, right? A lot of these wrestlers, I mean, hey, Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania last year somehow got beaten by a guy who hadn't wrestled in a couple of months after fighting leukemia. A year later, he's the top star in the company. You know, the the builds are kind of all over the place sometimes, but it's almost, you know, it's almost like show me you'll do anything and then you'll get the opportunity. Shinsuke has been around throughout the entire COVID situation. He easily could have gone. No, I don't want to do this. I'm 40 years old. I've done everything there is to do. I won the Royal Rumble, even if I didn't win the world title, but the NXT championship should be a world title. So I'm going to call myself a world champion and his new Japan resume kind of speaks for itself. Right. I personally think that Shinsuke the easiest way i guess what i'm trying to say is the easiest way to turn shinsuke back into a top star is just turn him face and unleash that damn theme song i know it seems a little simple you need a good face turn i think sammy Zayn, whenever he comes back well we know how good of a dick he can be uh i think that's an easy build i think you get sympathy for Shinsuke, the return of that theme song will make a lot of fans very happy. Suddenly it's ringed throughout the arena again, and we know how good Shinsuke is. But I, I guess my point about being optimistic is, look, his resume is, I mean, Bear said this about Finn, it's true about Shinsuke. If Shinsuke retires today and it's only WWE, that's a Hall of Fame resume, right? You know, realistically, who is going to win a Royal Rumble and not end up in the Hall of Fame? Is there anyone except for, you know, the obvious exclusion? Right, I don't think so. And two references of him today. Well, jeez. Two, I know. We might as well just say his name, Chris Benoit. Sorry. Oh my god. Oh, my ears are burning. Cancelled. Oh god. Uh, but look, Shinsuke, I think the build back is simple. You know, you 
people might not have loved the reigns as they were happening just in terms of what he was doing. Although I do want to give credit to WWE on one thing. The last few months of Shinsuke's Intercontinental Championship reign were pretty entertaining because he was actually around and defending the title. But regardless, my point is, you might not have loved the reigns, but you have a former Intercontinental Champion, two-time United States Champion, pretty much reverse of Bobby Lashley, but... He has credibility already. So it's not about getting him credibility for a win. It's just about finding the moment for him to win. And I gen- I mean it. Once you turn him face again, and there are fans in the crowd, optimistic I know, and that theme song comes on, I genuinely believe all it takes is one big win and fans will be optimistic all over again. Because Shinsuke, look, you can talk about best and this and that how many more wrestlers are more popular than shinsuke nakamura amongst wrestling fans i'd say not many yeah that's hard to quantify you know it's hard to say right yeah so look i I think that shinsuke he's been kind of through the roller coaster right but I, i personally believe that the build back is not only manageable but likely and i do believe that Shinsuke is showing right now, especially, you know, teaming with Cesaro and doing all of this stuff without Sami Zayn. You took away his mouthpiece and he's finding ways to thrive. I think that the rebuild towards that world title reign to put the bow on his WWE career is coming. Because if he does, I know there have been rumblings that he wants to one day retire in New Japan. If that proves to be true... You'd like to think that WWE would give him that one last reign to kind of solidify his legacy. Because once he goes back to New Japan, I mean, we're only going to be singing his praises. Let's be real. It's true. And it's going to be very easy to transition to our next and final honorable mention pick, right? Because Shinsuke and Cesaro are feuding this team for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships currently. Mm -hmm. So... We saw Kofi win, and we saw Kofi win the WWE Championship in just one of the greater moments. You know, Brian loves to talk about moments in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was outstanding. It was like one of those things where it's like it's about fucking time for Kofi Kingston, right? Yeah. So now you look down, you look at the new day, and you're like, okay, you know, Xavier Woods would be cool, but. You know, I, I said this about Bobby Lashley, and I'm going to say this about our next and final man, Big E. You look at him, and you're like, holy crap. How has he not at least gotten a championship opportunity yet, right? Yeah. The dude looks like a monster. You know, again, former NXT champion, which that that five-count gimmick thing he had going on was awesome. Yeah. Like, you can argue that Big E is – I mean – the New Day is one of the greater stables of all time, right? And they've definitely got the longevity to prove that. Big E is part of one of the most entertaining and most popular and most important teams in the last, maybe in forever, in professional wrestling. So I dig it. I dig the fact that they've won the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships six times. They've run the Raw Tag Team Championships twice. He's a one-time Intercontinental Champion. I think Big E has a huge, huge, huge um, upside, you know? As he's well so, as body. And he's so, oh yeah, meaty. But 
he's <laughs> he's entertaining as shit. Like if you guys have ever like heard him talk on the microphone, I know you have, but on the microphone he's so entertaining. He's very funny. If you watch, if you listen to the New Day pod, it you know he's got very funny one-liners that I think could translate well to television. But again, you look at him and you know he hasn't been wrestling that long. December seventeenth, two thousand nine was his was his official debut. So what, eleven years now? If my math is correct, almost eleven years. Yeah. He hasn't been doing this long. He's only thirty four, which to me is still young in professional wrestling. Absolutely. the The dude has all the tools in the world, and it's super believable if you put a rocket strap to his back and push him to the moon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not literally. Don't actually push him to the moon, but you know, whatever. He, you know, he's so strong he might survive it. He might. You know, and again, I dig the fact. I totally dig the fact that, you know, he's got the long he's a part of the record for the longest tag team championship reign in WWE history, right? 483 days. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's just, you know, I don't think New Day has to break up. Obviously they didn't when, you know, Kofi won the ta- won the title, excuse me. So you can keep him as a, you know, sorry for the insider term, but, you know, you can keep him as a babyface, and it would work. <laughs> you want him to turn, you want, you want him to, heel turns and headlocks, you want him to turn on New Day, totally believable, right? Because, again, yeah. you look at him and you're like, man, this guy, like, you can definitely, you could, another guy, you could put him anywhere on the card, he's going to entertain, he's going to perform, he's going to do it well. Um. I loved the pairing that he was a part of with Dolph Ziggler and AJ Lee back in the day. What was that, like 2013? That's already seven years ago. Jeez, we are getting old. I really liked his Intercontinental Championship reign. I thought that had potential to go longer than it did. But again, he's been a part of so many moments with Nudie. I think it's about time that we put some respect on Biggie's fucking name, right? Absolutely. Look, Biggie is, you know, to WWE's credit, Biggie has been featured in a relatively prominent role his entire career. As Bear said, he was the second ever NXT champion. The five count was awesome. He actually beat Seth Rollins to win the title. Uh, you know, he had a slew of successful title defenses. It wasn't like he never wrestled either. He was out there on a consistent basis. He was over with the crowd. He got called up, you know. Didn't he? I think he debuted actually as a heel. He was with AJ Lee and then in turn Dolph Ziggler. He actually debuted by attacking John Cena. That's not a light way to debut, right? You know, he wrestled at, I mean, he's wrestled at almost every WrestleMania for the past, what, six, seven years, or at least been a part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's hard to look at Big E as anything other than a featured member of wwe as a wrestling company and a brand because new day is so synonymous with it but as bear said you know biggie almost had a six-month reign as intercontinental champion we would like to see him get another one you know we would like to see him get a world title reign and i do believe that he will you know one of the things that and i don't mean to downplay kofi kingston at all obviously we have said many great things about Kofi and we will continue to say great things about Kofi because he's had one of the best WWE careers in history. The resume is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But in saying that, not but, but just transitioning back to the point, don't forget, a big part of the buildup to Kofi Mania 
was how important Big E and Xavier Woods were to that story on the mic. Big yeah. E, like everybody's heard Big E do the incredible entrance for New Day that everybody still speaks along to. I was going to say sing. I guess it's speaking. We've all heard it. We've all said and spoken the words with him. It's infectious. We know how charismatic this guy is on the mic, in the ring, everything. We know he can be a heel. We know he can be a powerhouse. We know that he can have great matches. We know that he can wrestle incredibly well, singles, tag team, six-man, whatever. But I think that the Kofi Mania feud actually showed a side of Big E when he talked about how, you know, WWE doesn't believe in people like us. You know, that, to me, was like the turning point of that story where it was like, oh, they said it. You know, we all knew it. We all thought it. But they hadn't said it. And then Biggie said it. And it was emotional and real and elicited tears. And it was like, oh, man, this is wow. And then it felt real. It did. It felt incredibly real. It probably was, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, look. The resume Biggie has already, you know, Hall of Fame resume. I know we've been throwing that word around, but I think that every person that we've said so far is a Hall of Famer. You know, NXT champion, Intercontinental champion, eight-time tag team champion, had was really instrumental in the longest tag team reign of all time, uh, or what, of the modern era, as they put it. Um, you know, for what it's worth, he's been in like seven straight video games. Uh, you know, Biggie is really a pillar of wwe at this point i do believe and i know bear does as well that he will be a world champion one day it's another one of those where it's more when than if you know some of these maybe we didn't have the most compelling cases to make but i think Big E is one where we're incredibly uh confident in it a because i mean look at his resume already the transition from that to world champion is pretty damn easy to make you know Oh, you mean this guy that's been featured on our television program every single week for the better part of the past, what, six years, seven years, eight years? Yeah. He debuted. I mean, he debuted on Raw eight years ago. Crazy to think, but it's true. Longer than I thought, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, like, I guess, okay, well, you're off by five months. It was December, whatever. You get the point. Point is, you know, Biggie, he's... Look, to me, he's he's already done enough to be in the Hall of Fame, but he's 34 years old. The way he's built, there's no reason why he can't wrestle fairly deep into his 40s, if not longer. You know, it, he's an incredible athlete, but he's also a friggin' powerhouse. He's a guy who, you know, I'm not going to act like I know a lot about powerlifting, but I will say that my Wikipedia research shows that the USA Powerlifting uh, Championships is a pretty significant event. And hey, that man won a gold medal. Dude's a freak. Freak. Through and through. He, through and through. Like, you, you look at the records that he he posted. I, you know, he went to the University of Iowa. Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, man. I have a friend who went there. And, yeah, whatever. But, dude, the dude squatted 711 pounds. Like, bench pressed 529 pounds. Dad lifted 799 pounds. Dude, it's like, look, this dude is pound for pound. You know, everybody says Cesaro is pound for pound the strongest you know wrestler right yeah and again you know you had mark henry the world's strongest man on your on your roster at one point but like you look at biggie's just powerlifting and just everything in general like the dude looks like a star yeah 
just like we mentioned about Brian Cage, just like I mentioned about Bobby Lashley, like you can legitimately put Biggie in a program where he'll th- he's going to thrive regardless if he does or doesn't get a WWE championship run, right? Yeah. But I really hope it happens because again, it's a guy that's so entertaining. He just he he checks all the boxes when it comes to what WWE, you know, kind of looks for in a world champion, right? And yeah. who who would who would argue against the fact that one day he could win a Royal Rumble or a Money in the Bank briefcase? You know what I mean? Like, it's you know obviously wrestling's about you know sorry looking real, right? He's one of those guys where it's like, hmm, he this this big dude looks fucking mad and he doesn't look like someone I'd really want to fuck with. You know what I mean? Like in a in a fight in a bar fight. He looks like a legitimate fucking fighter. He looks like a guy that can kick your ass. Obviously, we haven't seen heel Big E in quite some time, obviously, with the New Day being the merch movers that they are, right? I have a couple New Day shirts. I think it's time for Big E to be elevated to that next level. I think everyone in WWE knows, and I, I've, I've read you know, the dirt sheets, that they're, you know, New Day in general, they're just wildly popular in the back right now, and everybody loves them. You know, crowd. I know crowds kind of didn't like the idea of New Day at first, and that whole preacher gimmick wasn't that wasn't it, Chief. And they, to to their credit, they understood that. But you know, it's just like it's one of those things where you look at him and you're like, this guy can easily become champion whenever. They finally have the, I guess, the confidence in it. Although, again, I know Braun, Braun and Bray Wyatt are going to fight. Who knows? Maybe after the Braun and Bray feud, Big E is one of those guys that can be elevated to that next level, right? I think it'd be really cool to see Big E and Braun fight because it's two huge dudes going at it for, the w, for one of the most coveted prizes in sports entertainment, which is the Universal Championship. But even if that doesn't happen, I think maybe when crowds do come back to shows, you push a guy like Big E because again, crowd like just crowds in general, but the WWE universe, they're just they're they're definitely going to believe in Big E becoming a world champion. And if that means if that sorry to cut you off, if that means breaking up New Day, you know, ideally no you don't do that, but Hey, if it's got to happen, it's got to happen. They've had a very good run together, but I don't see it happening in the foreseeable future. But again, you push Kofi to the top as part of the stable. There's no reason why you can't do that with Big E. Yeah. Look, there's, I guess the best way to put our thoughts on Big E are you push him as a heel and who the hell is going to have trouble believing that this Goliath of a man who is also an incredibly explosive athlete is going to destroy you. Bingo. You push him as a face, and I'll just say the same thing over again. It's still pertain. It's still relevant. It's like I know that everybody loves, you know, the great wrestlers who do these. You don't have to do one set of things to be a great wrestler. Big E has proven that he can really have some great matches against some diverse kind of opponents. I thought his. I guess rivalry, I would say, with Rusev was really good. They had matches a couple of years ago that were really good. Uh, that gauntlet match from a few years ago where he and Daniel Bryan shared the ring, they tore it up. I know that, you know, Daniel Bryan tears it up with any, 
with almost everybody, but let me start that over. I know that Daniel Bryan tears it up with almost anybody, but it takes two to tango, you know? And for what it's worth, if you've never seen the Big E versus Curtis Axel match where Big E wins the Intercontinental title, I know that might not sound like the most appealing match in the world. Crowd was super into it. Big E is, I hate to say it, but over. You know, he, I know that doesn't sound so lovely at times, but it's like, he's over. He, he's so over. He, he's a legitimate star in professional wrestling who can talk. He can have really good matches with a variety of opponents and plain and simple. I, again, it's a matter of when, not if, because that dude can do everything. I think it's time to take it home, brother. I think so. So we will just do what we always do, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a really complimentary way to all of you, and that is thank you all for listening because we're doing what we love, right? And not everybody has that opportunity, and we know that, and we do not take that for granted. We are working our asses off to try and turn this into what we believe it can be. And all of the support that all of you have given us is making it a hell of a lot easier to do that. So genuinely and truly thank you so much for all of your support and please everybody stay safe because times are crazy, but we can get through this. We got to stick together. I'm not going to get too sappy and emotional, but again, really thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for engaging on the social medias with us. Thank you, Brian LaPrey, for keeping up with the socials the way you do. You know, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have these awesome underrated this this awesome underrated series. You know, every day on Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff. It's 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 been so fun, and you know, there's no sign of us slowing down. So as long as you guys will keep listening. We will keep talking professional wrestling, you know, and again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for engaging with us on social media. Again, the fancy guy at the end is going to tell you where you can find us on social media, but I will tell you anyway, facebook.com slash heel turns and headlocks, twitter.com slash heel underscore turns underscore pod, instagram.com slash heel turns and headlocks. So again, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for engaging. Thank you for everything. And again, you want to be on the pod? Tell us. You want to talk some wrestling? Tell us. You know, you don't want to be on the pod, but you have some thoughts? By all means, again, you know where to find us. I just told you everything on social media. You got my number. Call me. You want to get Brian's number? That's too damn bad. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, I can't stress this enough. Like, this podcast has been just so cool for us, and I'm very excited for our future. Absolutely. And really, if you're only going to do one thing tonight and tomorrow and the rest of forever, please, please make sure, above all else, is that you love professional wrestling. Boom. You've been listening to Heel Turns and Headlocks with Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be back soon with more. But until then, reach out on Facebook at Heel Turns and Headlocks, on Twitter 
at heel underscore turns underscore pod and on Instagram at heel turns and headlocks. We'll see you next time.